Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into Brewcast for Mesa Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined as always by Anthony Broom, and for the first time introducing our newest member to Brewcast, it's Stephen Ossentoski. You probably know him from doing all the great videos on the Mesa Brew YouTube channel, now being a part of our Monday Night Talk every Monday here on Brewcast. Really looking forward to this one as it is game week. But before we get into anything, welcome, Steven. Good to have you on the show, my man. Thank you, Luke. Nice to be here, man. It's been great doing the podcast with Bon and John. And now I get to to talk football with Anthony and Luke. Man, it's it's, uh, it's going to be a fun Sorry time. for the downgrade. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, Von and John, you guys need to come up with names that actually rhyme because that's like a fun thing. But uh, sorry, we'll, f- we'll find our own fun thing. That'll work. Yeah, um, we're, we're not anything close to that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to be completely frank and honest about what's going on here. I mean, the fact that I, I might not be doing this every Monday, so it might be a little bit of a rotating cast, but definitely wanted to be here to extend a welcome to Steven to keep doing what we've been doing with Luke. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm feeling energized. Probably as energized as I will be all year, given that it's week one and mm-hmm. still undefeated. I would expect they'll still be undefeated after week one. But after that, it's anyone's guess. So um, good to be here chatting that with you guys. And like I said, uh, excited for the new configuration that kind of will be happening up and up and down the roster of Maze and Brew podcasters here. 
Yeah, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to getting another week going. You know, it's been a long off season as it is uh, each and every year. You know, I'm glad we got the run that we did in basketball, and uh, you know the the springtime and the summer it it's as slow as it always goes, but we're back. We're ready to get into game week, Michigan taking on Western Michigan on Saturday. And I can't wait. And by the time we're doing this show next week, we're going to be looking back on the first game of the season and recapping it, man. There's uh, nothing quite better than that. And as we kick off our week here, uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff. We're going to be buying and selling some of the off-season storylines that have come out of Schembechler Hall. We're also got to talk a little bit about uh, non-conference scheduling uh, for the basketball team because as we know uh, the men's basketball team you know always giving us something good to talk about already looking forward to their season not trying to fast forward through the football season or anything like that but you know we're going to talk about that a little bit don't worry uh, first things first we're kicking it off with the the buying and selling of some off-season storylines and the very biggest one, the one that everyone uh, is talking about, is the overhaul of this coaching staff. Obviously, the biggest one, uh, getting rid of Don Brown. Uh, you, you bring in Mike McDonald. You bring in Steve Klinksale. You, you bring in Mike Hart to coach running backs, which in part of that moves Jay Harbaugh back to tight ends where he's had success uh, in that role. You bring in Ron Bellamy. I, I mean, what, what do you guys think? You buying or selling this coaching staff overhaul for the Wolverines? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with buy overall. I think I am I am it, it's tough for me to buy on the defense overall without seeing all the parts in motion, right? I think there are very smart hires on the defensive side. I like what I hear in all the interviews I've seen with Mike McDonald. Um, I think there's a good track record thus far with their trajectory. I think there there's a lot to be said about going with a younger staffing that's gonna be that's going to resonate a lot with recruits overall. I do think Don Brown was scapegoated a bit. So people, uh, you know, I think it's very popular to say this changed. Now everything's going to be better because that guy's gone. That was the root of all the problems. And now everything's going to be okay. I think Don Brown, you know, he fielded top 10 defenses year after year for Michigan. And I agree. It was his time to go because of his performance and, a couple certain games that um, weigh heavily on Michigan fans' hearts, mine included. But um, I, I still think it's going to take some time. And uh, these sort of hires, especially on the defensive side, they take a bit to really prove themselves. Um, now, if they come out right away and they're automatically a top 10 defense, I'll eat my words. Um, but it, it's something that – I think was a smart move. It was a necessary move just where the program was at. Um, so that's from the defensive side. And then for me, I think Mike Hart, it was just time. I think Jay Harbaugh has gotten a lot of a lot of flack just because he's the coach's son. A lot of people I think have been unfair in terms of uh, maybe he's not deserving of position coaching job, things like that. But he's recruited very well. You look at the running back room, it, it is stocked with talent. It was number one on my top position groups heading into this season. You could argue it was at the top last year as well. Um, but I do think Mike Hart, you know, obviously being an alum, uh, a legend at Michigan, he brings a lot in recruiting Stevie Scott at Indiana. He produced a thousand yard running back at Eastern Michigan, which how many people have actually done that? So, <laughs> so it's more of a thing where it's like, it was time for Mike Hart. It's a good time for him to be brought into the program, brings a lot in state recruiting. Um, so I, I think, 
for for him especially, it was just the right place, right time to hire him. And for defense, though, I am I am I think there's gonna be promising features this year, but it's gonna take probably two to two and a half years to really see that start to churn and that sort of um that sort of shift in mindset, I think, on the defensive side, going with a much younger staff throughout. Yeah. Do, do they have two and a half years? That's probably the biggest question right now. Mm. But I, I think in principle, when I look at the changes that were made on the coaching staff, I'm buying what they did offensively. I think Mike Hart is call a spade a spade. He's an upgrade over what Jay Harbaugh was. Uh, Jay Harbaugh, Michigan's tight ends were probably at their best when he was at that position. So for that as a one-for-one swap, I don't have an issue with it. The biggest question to me is, is Sharon Moore up front on the offensive line? I, for as, as good as I feel like Ed Warner was there, last year was a disaster, and part of that was COVID-related. You know, they were practicing in split squads so the starters wouldn't get COVID during the week. That obviously doesn't help, but the, the communication was bad. I think the, the message had maybe kind of worn thin, and I, um, you know, I know it was surprising to people that a change was made there, but in evaluating everything, which is what people have wanted Jim Harbaugh to do, evaluate everything in the program with a fine-tooth comb. I didn't have that big of an issue with them making that change. Now, Sharon Moore, I don't believe he's ever coached offensive linemen before, but he did play at Oklahoma. He actually was on the offensive line uh, that blocked for Adrian Peterson at Oklahoma. So I feel like the guy knows what he's doing there. I think just by having a spring practice and having a full fall camp and you know, call, call it what it is. I mean, I, I still think there's talented offensive linemen in that room. I, I've never say what you about Ed Warner, but he had always been able to evaluate guys and bring guys in. And even you know, Michigan's recruited pretty well there since Jim Harbaugh's gotten there. So I'm kind of buying those offensive changes. Don't Real know quick what, on that, Anthony, uh, did, did I see today when you were covering the Harbaugh presser that they're going to they have about eight guys that are kind of going to be rotating in? That uh, you have eight guys that they consider starting caliber is basically what Jim Harbaugh said. Okay. So I would expect the offensive line to go from left to right. Hayes, Keegan, Vistardis, Zinter, Stuber. Um, but they like Carson Barnhart. He's kind of one of those flex type of guys that can go uh, maybe kick inside if he has to. Certainly will be the first tackle off the bench. Um, you know, they also, that's six. I'm. The other two are, are Chuck Filiaga. It would be the other one. And I feel like I'm missing Trent A. Jones. I feel like I'm missing who that third guy is uh, in that group who's not starting. But basically, I mean, they feel yeah. – I can remember a time during the Hoke era where Michigan didn't even have six or seven scholarship offensive linemen. So, Or maybe it was Rich Rod or, or something like that. So they're in a much better place there. If we're just talking changes, I'm buying the offensive side. And I think I'm cautiously buying the defensive side – I don't think, you know, when we look at what happened with Don Brown's defense, I think that was a combination of not adapting your scheme to your personnel. And also, um, you know, they were, in, instead of going for some of these low four-star, high four-star guys in talent-rich states, they kind of tried to moneyball it and take those three-star guys from the East Coast that they felt like they could develop. And for every quitty pay that you got, there might have been someone who didn't pan out. Um, so I feel like last year was kind of a snowballing of – recruiting misses and bad scheme mm. and, and you know difficult coaching, hard-headed coaching. So what I like about the younger guys there, um, again, we're not going to know what it really looks like till they get on the field. 
but it just seems like there is a a renewed emphasis on hey these are who our good players are this is what they do well we're not going to make this too complicated we're do the best we can to put the players we have in positions to succeed so again everything on paper and in principle or you know in theory um the principle behind the changes i guess technically speaking i'm on board with so i will buy that yeah, I, I think I'm going to buy it as well. And a, a big reason for it is is because if you're if you're selling, you almost wish that the status quo was still here and I it just didn't work. It ran its course last year. I, I thought Don Brown did a, a fantastic job for many years. I understand the criticism in the big games, particularly against Ohio State, and, and it's all very fair criticism. But uh, from a macro viewpoint, you know, Don Brown did a very good job uh, in his tenure here. And last year, he, I mean, it, it ran its course. You could see that it, it was time for everyone to move on. So the status quo wasn't going to work. Uh, the, the running back situation, how it was handled, it was a mess. Like, let's be honest. We, we've talked about it on this show with Don. You know, Hassan Haskins has a great drive and you don't see him until, you know, the next half, two quarters later. It, it was a mess. So having one of the best to ever do it at, back at his alma mater and he's he's coached this position group well, uh, Mike Hart has wherever he's gone. I mean, I, I think he he was a fantastic hire. I'm cautiously optimistic about Mike McDonald because the, the, the word on the street is, and I guess we have to take this with a grain of salt because it is coming from Jim's brother, but, you know, that he was in line to be the next defensive coordinator, you know, in, in Baltimore. At least he – I don't think – John Harbaugh, I don't know if that's the case, but I don't think John Harbaugh would actively sabotage Jim Harbaugh's coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that that is a big thing for me. I don't think if John Harbaugh didn't think Mike McDonald was ready for this gig, I don't think he would have said, Jim, you should probably hire this guy because it would be actively sabotaging Jim Harbaugh's chances. Uh, like we said, you bring in Ron Bellamy. Uh, he, he should be uh, pretty good. Uh, it, it was nice. I think, you know, that probably helped the, the Donovan Van Edwards recruiting a, a little bit as well. So we'll see what, you know, the, the coaching side of that brings. But uh, Steve Klinkscale, uh, he's he, he is probably going to be uh, moving forward. One of the biggest hires, uh, not only on the coaching staff, but on the recruiting side of things. So I think you have to buy it here because, you know, it, you have to change things up from what happened a year ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be better because it can't be worse. At least. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's the long and the short of it. The, the one final name, I had it written in my notes here seven times, and I still failed to mention it. Um, Matt Weiss, in terms of RPO gray area reads, this is one area I sent off a tweet today about it. The one area that sabotaged the offense over and over and over last year, you can even point to 2019 and view this, are when the read defender is in the gray area for whether it's a give or a throw read for the quarterback, Michigan has been abysmal in that regard. Now, this isn't just the QB. It goes to coaching as well. You need to rep a defender in that area. You have to read the body language. What have they done all game in terms of sitting in that read area? Um, Michigan's been on the wrong side of that almost every single time in my game analysis I swear every third play that I go through on offensive failures is because of that. And what does that do? That results in you handing the ball off into, uh, you know, that linebacker coming from outside the box into the box. He'll make the play. And all of a sudden you're instead of a, you know, maybe a second and five on a converted slant or a second and three, 
you're in a second and nine, second and 10. And that completely throws off your game plan. Any sort of establishing the run, um, you're just behind the chains. And the spiral effect that has, if you're consistently missing those reads and not repping that gray area read enough, that's throwing off your entire offense. So Michigan's had the bodies. They've had the talent to do that. It's just that one little area, that one little mental thing and point of emphasis that I'm hoping Matt Weiss will come in and provide as the new quarterback coach. I think there's a lot of potential to really, um, I mean, honestly, the word that keeps coming to mind is unlock the offense because it, it feels like with the wide receivers in the past few years, even the running back room, the guys just haven't been able to produce. Well, why is that? If your offense is is designed around the RPO and you're not running it efficiently, then what do mm-hmm. you really expect to happen? So, yeah. Well, I, I think that brings us to, to the next storyline of are we buying or selling? And that's the fact that we've had – QB one since the spring. That's that's Cade McNamara, even though I, I got a notification today, you know, from Bleacher Report, you know, I'll all gung ho. Jim Harbaugh finally names his starting quarterback. It's going to be Cade McNamara. He's been saying it all along. We knew it was going to be Cade McNamara from the jump here. Sounds like J.J. McCarthy made some slight pushes in camp, but never really threatened for the job. Are, are you buying or selling? Because this is really one of the only times uh, in Jim Harbaugh's tenure that we've had from the get-go, we knew who QB1 was going to be, or at least he was openly adamant about it. I, I think everyone knew Shea Patterson in 2019. Other than that, there's always been, I guess, a, a quote-unquote competition in camp. Are, are you buying or selling Cade from the spring, being the number one guy this entire time? You want me to take this, Anthony? Yeah, I can go, I can go I on for a while. I want you to start this because I think some of your best content over the last year or so is when you were doing the the quarterback analysis stuff. So yeah. I'm I'm all in on hearing what you have to say here. So Cade McNamara, I'm gonna buy in one regard and sell on the other. All right. So I, I'm buying Cade McNamara's QB one because he was quick, he was efficient. Um, in terms of what you need for a quarterback in this system, you need him to be decisive, make those decisions quickly. As soon as they start questioning that, the RPO gets thrown out the window. And honestly, it felt like the staff was more comfortable with Cade McNamara in at quarterback than Joe Milton. I think that's been a consistent theme where Michigan tends to play, and this is specifically under Harbaugh's regime, I think they play guys that have the, the highest potential or play off of their the best version of themselves. And I think Joe Milton is a really good example of that. On Joe Milton's best day, good luck beating him. He's got all the tools, Mm. but on his worst day or on his average day, how does he stack up against Cade McNamara? I don't think very well. I think Cade McNamara displayed a bit more consistency. Again, going back to the mental aspect of the game, he doesn't have the all-star arm that Joe Milton does. He can't make every throw that Joe Milton can, Um, but what's he going to do on the average down? Um, And and that's where I think Cade McNamara showed he was more comfortable and the staff was willing to call – more of the playbook comfortably with Kate McNamara. Now that's just my analysis. Maybe, you know, there were some injury things going on with Joe Milton that maybe they weren't as comfortable running with him, but based on what I saw, that seemed to be the case. So in terms of the other options, Alan Bowman, he's only had the playbook for, you know, a few months practicing with the team. There's a rapport you need to build with members of the team to really be comfortable in that system. I just don't think he has been. If you're asking in week six, 
maybe I'm a little bit more comfortable with Bowman, but not week one. And J.J. McCarthy, same sort of thing. He's had the benefit of being here since spring. Again, it's a true freshman. You you run yeah. a lot of risk if you're running out of true freshman. If, if things don't start off on the right foot with him, what's that mental aspect look like? Now, I, I know that J.J. McCarthy is a very mature freshman when it comes to that, one of the most mature you, would, you could argue. But um, it, it's not something you want to risk when you have a guy with some experience with McNamara with all the other things I said about comfortability the staff seems to have in him, I think that's the right move to go. Now, in terms of naming him in the spring as a starter, naming him in the fall, waiting for that, I'm selling that. I don't think it matters because I don't think it was really a question. In terms Mm -hmm. of like, and I think we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but like the culture that kind of surrounds that, he was a starting quarterback. Whether it's said or not behind closed doors, I feel like the feeling was kind of the same where it's like, yeah, it's, it's Kate McNamara heading into the season, barring some catastrophic events that um, really weren't realistic. So from that aspect, it's like, sure, you're right. Jim Harbaugh hasn't really assigned a starting quarterback all too often. This was almost a by default. And I just want to stop getting asked it because everyone knows, and it'd be silly not to continue that. So that's how I feel about that, where I'd sell it. But from Kate McNamara being the start starting quarterback, I'm buying that. Yeah, mine is kind of twofold as well. I'm I'm buying him as the quarterback for this team because one, I think he's just more ready to play. Uh, he has the starting experience from last year, and I know if you go back and look at the film and look at the Rutgers game, like it wasn't the the comeback effort was impressive, but this wasn't a guy that was airing the ball down the field. This wasn't a guy that was throwing the bar the ball 65 70 yards down the field he wasn't trucking defenders in the run game like some of the things that we thought Joe Milt would be able to do but what he did was probably the most I mean it's impressive and it, it really I don't want to say it's unimpressive but I'm it's kind of I was kind of taken aback by how impressed I was by his ability to just run an offense and make the right read and make the appropriate throw and be okay with taking a couple yards at a time and those types of things and you know, he. I think what he brings to this team is there. There's a poise about him. There's an unflappability about him. Does that mean he is going to be Zach Wilson or Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow? I, I don't see that with him. I don't think he has the requisite arm talent to do that. But as a guy that can come in and just run the offense, make the right read, do the job, make the throw, I'm fine with that because I think really what this offense needed this year with a full spring, a full fall camp was to kind of just get back to basics. I know people were kind of caught off guard by saying how much Michigan is going to go back to running the football. And again, Steven, you said it earlier, like that's your number one position group on the team. And honestly, it's the most talented, even with losing Charbonnet, which we'll talk about him in a little bit later. uh, It's still, it's your, it's a loaded group and you want those guys to touch the ball. And if you're running the football, well, it means the offensive line is playing well. And if the offensive line is playing well, then you can probably get pretty much whatever you want offensively if you have the run game going and respectable and they're not just stacking the box and things like that. So, like I said, I'm, I'm buying Cade McNamara as the leader of this team. The other thing is, like, Kate, like J.J. McCarthy is going to play. I think he's going to, at the very least, they're going to get him into his four games, preserve the red shirt if they can. And I, I still He's QB2 as far as I know. Um, so it'd be nice to get him as much exp- – it'd be nice to blow everyone out and have him play in every game, and you get this experience for him. I think the only way a guy like that learns is, is by playing and getting snaps and things like that. But 
Michigan also can't afford to miss on him because he's kind of JJ is kind of the last, I don't want to say the last hope, but he is if he if they if they miss on him, it's over for everybody. Because you know, if 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 K doesn't play well and JJ comes in and doesn't play well, it's over for everyone in this program. They're, they'll they'll have to start over. That's kind of the reality of their situation. So it's nice that you don't have to rush that guy into action, but everything that we've heard about him, and I know this is a Cade McNamara topic, and I've spent most of it talking about JJ, but um, leadership is there. Talent is there. It's just takes time to adjust, and, and Cade McNamara is, is ready. I think his – he really – technically, people don't realize this. He only started one game last year and then got hurt, and then the season got wiped out because of COVID. So, like I said, it, it, there's something – there's a chip on his shoulder as well. So, I'm – I'm buying him for this team. I'm not ready to buy into him. I know he's only technically a redshirt freshman still. Really, he's a he's a third year player. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. from there. Um, I'm buying him for this year's team. I'm not quite sure if he's the future at the position, which you would think because of the eligibility, because he has you know at least two years remaining, that he's the guy moving forward. But I'm not ready to go there yet. But I do think he's the right guy for this team right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm buying him as as QB one, and I think he was for sure the you know the, the best option. I, I don't want to say the only option, but he he was certainly uh, the the top tier option. It was his job to lose, so I'm completely buying him there. I'm also I I think I'm I've kind of went back and forth on this. I think I'm buying the fact that they have had the same guy, the same leader, you know, since spring and. From from all reports that we have, you know, that he is a very hard worker. Uh, he, he's really starting to become a leader of this team. Jim Harbaugh has said so. He's even said he's trying to become more of a leader uh, with his voice. So I think that's there. As long as there, you know, he, he was still working. He wasn't just given the job. We, we know what the reports, some of the rumblings and message board stuff, you know, the 2019 offseason and how that camp went with the quarterback position and some people weren't too high on on the guy and the work ethic but Cade McNamara you know from from that aspect sounds like he is uh, a, a very hard worker and as long as that's the case I think it's a good thing to have that guy that everyone can rally behind from the spring through the offseason workouts and into fall camp here leading up to game one so I'm I'm definitely uh buying buying that there we uh yeah, can, can we talk about uh, bus seat here? LOL, Cade McNamara just wins, but find fault. Leave it to Maze and Brew to act like Tay have some kind of angle. Uh, bus seat, my man, it's Monday night. You might want to put 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 away the alcohol uh, for right now. You well, know, I mean, so, so like I, I don't want to I don't want to pick on anyone, but let like let's where have we found like all I did was I was very complimentary of him. I said he comes in, he makes every throw, he runs the offense, he led an impressive comeback last year. Maybe if he doesn't get hurt, he leads one in the Penn State game. But we don't have like all of these quarterbacks, all the most of these players, they win in high school. They're all winners for the most part. So when we say the guy just wins, we have nothing to go on from that. Um, so it, now I, I hope he starts the entire year. I hope he's great, and I hope Michigan wins nine or ten games. Like that's. That would be awesome. No, I don't think anyone's questioning or dogging. I'm confused. We all just bought Cade McNamara as QB one. Yeah, we we all bought. <laughs> we all so, bought. 
I don't know, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, people are angry. Let people be angry, guys. Come on, it's, it's yeah, right. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. They got to prove. <laughs> I, I, hey, me, they got to prove you wrong at this point. You know, I get let's it. Let's stick with Cade for a second because I and this isn't me patting myself on the back, but even last year when we did the whole, I won't call it a charade, but the whole quarterback battle of Milton and McCaffrey, and the entire offseason, the coaches, including Gaddis and, and Harbaugh, maintained that Cade McNamara was involved in that. And I, um, you know, we had no reason to, we kind of thought the upperclassmen would get the nod, and they did. Cade McNamara wasn't the backup until Dylan McCaffrey transferred out. But even then, you know, go look at stuff that was written last spring about him like as the dark horse in that quarterback battle um he's probably the most college ready passer that jim harbaugh has ever recruited they've recruited a lot of guys that are toolsy and have the big arm and are athletic but when you go look at his film and steven might i don't know if you can piggyback off this or not but just the high school film like he looked like a guy that had the chance to be a pretty good power five starter maybe not a star maybe not baker mayfield but I don't see any reason why he can't be what Jake Rudock was or what good Shea was or what Wilton Spate was in 2016. Like, I think there's a chance he can meet or I don't know how much more he could surpass it. But, yeah, you go look at the film and that's a guy who plays pretty solid, if unspectacular football and wins football games. I, I don't know how that's not complimentary of what he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, you go back and look at Jake Rudock or 2016 Wilton Spate, no one is looking at those guys and really saying, yeah, this is like the next star of the NFL. And that's okay because look at how well Jake Rudock did with that 2015 team. Look how great Wilton Spate did as a game manager. And this is strictly what I think Cade McNamara can do at least as good as them. Um, I, I mean – that's I would really start and say his floor is probably a little closer to those guys than yeah who started since them. Seriously, and, and you mentioned the only criticism I heard was that yeah he may not be like we, I mean we simply haven't seen like can he really establish himself as like a deep throwing quarterback consistently? We just haven't seen him that much. You said it. We he only started one game. You can't really form that opinion with that. But with, with Michigan's offense forming around the RPO and again, back towards the running back room, staying ahead of the chains, that's, that's how you, how, that's how you win this year as Michigan. Mm-hmm. So even if Cade McNamara isn't a true, you know, consistent deep ball, 60 yard down the field guy, if he is an efficient game manager, a la Wilton Spate or, Jake Rudock at the very least, you have a lot of potential. And that is, I mean, I think that will realize Michigan's ceiling this year. Um, and I think I think this team needs the offense to be a top 20 in the country team to to survive, just because I think a defense will will be behind a bit. And I think Kate McNamara being that game manager is all Michigan needs to, again, like unlock the weapons at running back and wide receiver. He's going to have to, like, at the end of the day, what's going to make or break this team, I think, this isn't going to be Alabama last year that saw, like, eight uh, third downs in their first, you know, in the first three quarters of the entire season or whatever. Kate McNamara is going to have to be good. 
on third and six, you know, to, to third and two range. He, he's going to have to make the right reads, make solid passes and convert first downs. That is what's going to make or break this team. They're going to run the football uh, quite a bit. They're probably, you know, not going to be getting a lot of explosive plays against the better teams. Like, like they're probably going to get them against Western Michigan and, you know, Northern Illinois. But, you, you know, when you go to Wisconsin, when you go up against Penn State, as long as Cade McNamara can keep his cool and he can convert those third and mediums, maybe some third and longs and third and shorts. I, I think Michigan is going to be very competitive in the league this year. Yeah. And if you're someone who says, who thinks that, and again, I'm not dogging you. If you think this way, I'm glad that people are optimistic and we're not kind of crapping on the team. Like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but if you mm-hmm. think that he's going to wind up being Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or, you know, insert recent star here, you're also kind of assuming that, um, Cornelius Johnson and AJ Henning and Roman Wilson and Mike Sainer still and Dalen Baldwin and Ronnie Bell, and the names go on and on and on are this wide receiver room that's filled with potential day one, day two NFL draft picks. And, and I don't know if that got those guys are there. I think it's kind of what they have kind of reminds me of, you know, the old, th- the old adage of maybe it was early on in the Aaron Rodgers era in green Bay or, or whenever, uh, when Brett Favre was kind of in the tail end of things in green Bay was they didn't really have like a wide receiver one, but they had a lot of really good twos and threes and they were able to spread the ball around that way. So like I said, I'm, I'm buying, like I'm buying the stock on him. The thing with JJ McCarthy and the reason, like I think it's a positive that Cade McNamara has kind of led wire to wire in the off season because JJ McCarthy is going to play at some point. And if he's the player that we think he is, if he's the leader, we think he is, if he has the talent, we think he does. Eventually, that will materialize into a player that can't be kept off the field. And the longer a guy like Cade keeps a guy like that off the field, um, assuming that uh, you know nothing else, like there's no injury or extenuating circumstances, like when JJ plays, or if there's a moment where JJ does kind of slide in and take over, it's because he's ready to go and he's the better quarterback. Which I think is, you know, hype aside, like I think that's probably unless there's an injury that's kind of the best case scenario for, for Michigan is that you just kind of let that guy come around slow. Because like I said, they cannot, they cannot afford to miss on that guy. You got to worry about the guy you have, the starter you have now, but when that guy's ready to play, he's got to be ready to go too. So the longer he can sit and learn and take live bullets and practice and come in and clean up the mess and blowouts, mm-hmm. I think the better it is for the health of the room long-term. Yeah. So, well, I guess we, we got to get to our kind of final thoughts here before we shift gears. And we're obviously going to be doing a, a ton of game preview on the site throughout the week. You know, we're looking at this team right now. There's going to be a ton of game preview stuff uh, moving forward here. But uh, just final thoughts as we enter this this first game week here. Uh, man, I I'm ready for it. I think it's. I'm most excited to just watch the defense because I think I think it's going to be closer to what Don Brown did than Michigan fans realize. I don't I I'm just curious to see mainly the linebackers. I want to see the rotation on the defensive line. Um, I'd be interested to see who wins the second cornerback position. Um, Safety is really the only position that I won't really be watching that much on the defense, but every other position, I think there's a lot of questions, primarily linebacker, because I'm interested to see how Nikai Hill green does. Um, 
but I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions overall from personnel moving over, you know, where, um, will we get a bounce back out of Josh Ross from 2019? Um, there's just so many questions on the defensive side. Um, if the offense isn't clicking immediately and continues to click, I'm talking points in like three of the first four possessions. I'm, I think I'm going to be pretty worried. And I understand there's, you know, pregame jitters, first couple drive jitters, things like that, figuring out spacing and timing, but it's a pretty veteran group at this point on the offensive side. Um, there's no more excuses about, you know, I think it's a valid one where the offensive line in COVID times didn't have time to practice together. You don't have that excuse now. And if we're not seeing domination on the offensive line, we're not seeing it. If we're not seeing a domination in the run game, um, if things aren't put together on the offensive side immediately, I'm going to be pretty worried. Um, but most of my focus is going to be primarily around um, the defense uh linebackers and then secondarily the uh, defensive line. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, I'm nervous again. It's Western. You gotta, you gotta take it to them. And I, I, I was sick of it last year, just starting every game. And it's like, man, it's just gonna be one of those games again, where we're down a touchdown and, and coming back, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing to be doing that against teams like Penn state or even Indiana, but it just, it, you gotta establish yourself. And starting off on the right foot against a team like Western is something that should be expected. And if we, if it takes more than, you know, a quarter to really establish themselves, I'm going to be not in panic mode, but I'll, uh, I'll have some extra sweat that I shouldn't have um, in my shirt. So (laughs) that's where I'm at. Wouldn't be a football season without a little bit of a little bit of nervousness that, that more nervousness than needs to be there in a non-conference game. But yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the, the spread on this game last I checked, I think you can get it as low as 16 and a half on FanDuel. I've seen it as high as 18 in few in some places. I would not be happy with a, a win. I mean, relatively speaking, like there are things that could happen within the game, but if they win by like less than three scores, that's, that's a bit of a concern to me. I like the Western can put up points in the Mac they're one of the better teams. They have been since uh, PJ Fleck was there and obviously left, and, and Tim Lester's there and has done a nice job since then. But it's a max school. Like you should. Yep. And I'm with you, Stephen, on the offense. Like this is the defense is going to have some wiggle room. I really do. Th- I think it's going to be a little bit rough sledding early on, but I do think the schedule and, and how the bye week kind of falls halfway through the year, I do think that's a group that will find its stride somewhere down the line this year. Um, if this offense isn't good right off the bat, people should be concerned about that because, um, you know, it, it's everyone's third year in this offense. Josh Gaddis has been here for three years. I know Cade McNamara hasn't taken season opening snaps before, but he's been in this offense for three years. Cornelius Johnson has been here for three years. You list all these guys, um, you know, Son Haskins and Eric All and all these guys on the roster that have been here for three plus years. Like it, it's time, it's time to show up and play. Um, if those guys like I'm, I'm weirdly at ease with Mike McDonald and the defensive side of the ball, and I, I think I, I like their whole. It, it's more of just like a see ball get ball mentality. Um, they're not going to overcomplicate things. They're going to try and be versatile in what they do. And, and like I said, I, I don't think they have probably the the talent to do some of the things they want to do in in this scheme. So you're going to kind of have to Frankenstein it for a while. But the offense, like 
I don't see a single excuse it with any position group on this offensive side of the ball for why they should struggle or not at least not be one of you guys said I think top 25 top 20 level like we're not asking you to be top five that would be great but to be somewhere in that top 30 top 25 top 20 I don't think with the talent they have that's because they've still recruited I know they've had some recruiting issues they haven't fit they haven't struggled to recruit on the offensive side of the ball somehow despite not putting you know a, a skilled player in the first two rounds of the draft since what I think maybe Devin Funches and then for a first round pick even longer than that they're pretty they're in pretty good shape at running back wide receiver offensive line like they say they're they're eight guys deep I don't know if they're quite that deep but I think they have a, a good starting five that they could probably find quarterback room we've plowed that ground pretty thoroughly here like there there are no excuses for that offense not to be good and if they're not then you know that's the crazy thing all of that's going for them and it looks good on paper but if it doesn't work that's going to be trouble for almost everyone yeah and in Josh Gaddis's third year it just has to click at some point you know it, it is what it is so we'll see what happens Saturday uh, we're looking forward to it man can't wait to be back in the big house looks like it's going to be a great great day as well so step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to shift gears here real quick on the back end of the show because uh, Michigan basketball released their non-conference schedule here today. And there was one big omission, guys. John Calipari scared of the Wolverines. He's he's scared to go head to head with Juwan, man. Legitimately, they backed out here this year, and uh, the excuse was just horrendous. I mean, come on. Well, take take us through it, Mister Host. What happened? Well, I, I, John Calipari pretty much just said due to uh, what COVID nineteen uh, scheduling issues, uh, especially last year. That, that they're not going to do it here this year. They, they backed out, and they're working with Michigan uh, to protect a future series, uh, a.k.a. Michigan's going to be really good here this year. He's going to have a bunch of freshmen again, and he doesn't want to get the break speed off him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Like I, I don't know if it's a travel thing. I don't know what the, they're playing Notre Dame at Notre Dame too, which is I think someone said 
actually technically speaking one mile further away from Kentucky's campus than Ann Arbor is. Someone can verify that for me. But um, I think the COVID impact on Kentucky's schedule is that they went one in six in non-conference play last year and got the break speed off of them. And they haven't made the tournament since uh, 2000, 2018, 2019. So again, I'm not, it would be, uh, I'm not going to accuse a professional and such a great coach like John Calipari of ducking the Wolverines, but now he's ducking the Wolverines. No, he's ducking the Wolverines. He's totally ducking the Wolverines, but it works out in their favor because you look at this non-conference slate now and like they also, this hasn't been talked about uh, that much, but it wasn't different circumstances. Like we thought Oregon was going to be on there too. They owe Oregon a return trip and that's not on here. So really your tough games now are you have Seton Hall and the Gavitt games at home. You go to Vegas and we'll play UNLV and then either Arizona or Wichita State after that. You go to North Carolina on December 1st for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And then other than that, I mean, San Diego State could be tough at home on December 4th. But other than that, you've got a December 30th date at Central Florida. Your other opponents are you get an exhibition game with Wayne State at their new facilities. You open the season against a MAC team in Buffalo. You're going to Washington, D.C. to play uh, Prairie View A&M. Uh, who else am I missing here? November 24th, you play Tarleton State at home. I've never heard of that school in my it's, life. Yeah, it's – what's the – they might be the same. What's that – what's that uh, fake school that's going on right now? Is that Bishop Sycamore? Oh, Bishop – yeah, Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> what a story that is, man. Go look up that story if you don't – if you're not sure what's going on there. Basically, ESPN got duped into airing a fake high school – opponent play img academy of all yeah. schools so which is uh on two days rest i'm pretty sure it was too yeah you're and, right. insane and it keeps every time i see something tweeted about it it gets crazier so go look at that story bishop uh sycamore yeah, whatever bishop sycamore i think it was yeah um who, who never I, there's no evidence that a bishop sycamore ever even existed or was a real person too so they just named the fake school after I a think, fake person i think steve steve lorenz from 24 7 tweeted something out like he was doing a story on a kid that said he was from there a couple of years ago and he googled the high school the address and it was like an abandoned warehouse or something <laughs> so just a wild story go, go look that up if you get the chance but uh the other two non-conference games after that southern utah and purdue fort wayne so I mean, I thanks Kentucky. This all of a sudden looks pretty manageable for a team that has a chance to honestly. I mean, God, I, I think they have a real shot at being better and deeper than they were last year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun basketball season, man. And, and it's going to be really great because now you're really going to be able to ease in the freshmen right away and pretty comfortably. Yeah. I mean, maybe not Buffalo. Buffalo is top 100. Ken Palm, um, but I mean. At Wayne State, early November, you got Prairie View A and M, and the good thing is a lot of these you do have some like top fifty Ken Palm teams in Arizona, North Carolina, San Diego State, but none of them are top twenty five. Um, and, and Michigan, for the record, is I, I think number three on that list. So it's it's something where you'll you'll have some quality opponents, but you're not facing you know, Gonzaga, which would be fun. And I think there's value in having those guys, but I think you're in the sweet spot there where you have five, five teams, five or six teams in the top 100 Ken Palm. So teams with a pulse, you know, a few teams that will make the tournament. Um, and then you'll have some, some cupcakes that you can really ramp up your younger guys and kind of 
flesh out the the bottom half of your rotation. So um, while I would love to see kind of like a baton pass of like elite freshmen playing at elite program from Kentucky to Michigan, <laughs> I would have loved that like visual at the end of that game. But, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And I think it, as Anthony said, it shapes up really nicely for Michigan to, you know, realistically escape I mean, I'm knocking on wood, but, you know, two or less losses. And I think that that is now probably the expectation. Can I give yeah. you guys a little a quick little rundown on Tarleton State? Oh, please do. Yes. So I had no idea. Um, this was sneaked in or sneaked in. Terrible Snuck. English. I, this is why I need to leave the podcast. <laughs> um, so Tarleton State joined the WAC in July of 2020. I totally missed this. Um so Tarleton State plays out of Stephenville, Texas. So, ah, 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 Stephenville. There it is. Yeah, like them already. Sure. Uh, they are the Tarleton Texans. That's what oh, they I love it. Texans. Um, before Tarleton State became a four-year institution in 1961, they were known as the Plowboys. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, they are former Division II school. They were in the Lone Star Conference. Uh they're kind of transitioning into full D1 membership now uh, between July 2020 and July 2024. And they used to call their women's team the Tex-Ans, which was uh, apparently very offensive. So now they're, everyone is the Texans. They're in, they'll be making their way into the Western Athletic Conference. They are, play base, the men's sports, baseball, basketball, cross-country, football track and field, women's sports, basketball, cross-country, golf. They're adding soccer next year, softball, tennis, track and field, and volleyball. So um, the Tarleton Plowboys. That's I love it. One down on them. Yeah, so overall, I mean, not as – I guess not as fun in the non-conference uh, as we would have liked. I don't like uh, – the. What, what are they playing that UNLV game at out in Vegas? 10.30 or something like that? Vegas time? 11. I think it's 11. It's 11, 11 Vegas time, so like 1 a.m. our time? Uh, that's a good question. Let me look. Or was it? Or is no. it 11 our time? I, oh, think, I, I know I, it's – okay. I think it's 11.30 p.m. 11.30, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think it's 9.30 Vegas time. That sounds – that sounds right. I just know it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. but actually, on the official on U of M schedule, it says TBA, but it's gonna be late. Like, it'll be yeah. a late tip. I saw I saw a poster that had that time. It was it was like nine thirty Pacific time or something. Um, it's not gonna be fun. I don't know what I'm gonna do no. for that. I need no. It's, it's gonna be horrible. Something. Yeah. It's also, how many times is Michigan gonna play North Carolina? Like, this is becoming Michigan Florida in football. I feel like. Yeah, I was kind of hoping. I mean, this was announced what seems like months ago, but uh, I was kind of hoping maybe they'd play a Virginia or someone different from the, the ACC. Like, it seems like they. Usually I love a good play. Michigan Duke game. Sure, sure. Why not? You know, Michigan. There's and, history there. I mean, not as much as North Carolina, obviously. We, we all know we, we we don't want the you know the ninety one or ninety two <laughs> title game to to keep be be brought up, but that's uh, all right. Uh, Michigan. I mean. It's so crazy. Like we're talking about Kentucky and North Carolina. Like Michigan's a better basketball program than both of those schools right now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird. You, you talk what six six years ago, and people would think you're a crazy person. Yeah. And now you have a very fair argument that Michigan is not only a better program, but has one of the best coaches 
in the in the game and it's like wow this is you, you don't get that quick of a change in uh in football but uh i think that's that's one thing about college basketball i love how quick uh a hire right. can turn into immediate success and how sometimes you'll have a team that has a mascot called the Plowboys on the schedule <laughs> that just will never happen in football like that just won't <laughs> I need so, I need a home field Tarleton State Plowboys shirt in time for that game. I'll oh wear it. I'll wear it in press area. I don't care. I, th- I think what I'm hearing is we need more FBS football teams. That's true. We do because every game matters and all 130 teams. Factor. Oh my god! I I saw that graphic for the college football playoff and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, guys! Like, get out of here!" <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just well, not true. It's just not a factual statement. So, yeah, we'll we'll obviously be talking a lot of Michigan basketball as we get a little closer. But that non-conference schedule uh, comes out today. The foot uh, football is the focus here this week, as it is game week. I hope you guys had a good time on the stream here tonight. Uh, appreciate one, one all your thing. questions. Oh, so what, what do you got? Do we have any thoughts on Oliver Martin's play over the weekend and Zach Charbonnet? Because everyone. Mm. Freaked out because Zach Charbonnet had six carries, and apparently that's an indictment on Michigan's evaluation of the running back room. So I'd like to hear I, you guys I, on Oliver on Oliver Martin. I just you know find it. I just find the whole Nebraska situation hilarious. You know he he did look he he did look decent, but this is also like his what third or fourth Big Ten school that he's been to here. So I mean it, you know. It is it is what it is on him. I'm very happy for Zach Charbonnet. I, I really am. He got uh, kind of the same amount of carries as you alluded to, Anthony, as he ever you know did last year at Michigan after getting about 30 a game his freshman year. But uh, I'm very happy for him, and I do wish him a lot of continued success. What's crazy about Oliver Martin? He's listed as like a junior on their roster. He was he was in the same class as like Nico Collins, DPJ, all of those guys. Yeah. And he still has two years of eligibility. It's crazy. Um, I mean, uh, again, kind of reiterating what Luke said. Happy for both of them. Um, Oliver Martin was the guy who bounced around for a while. So any Michigan fan who's like mad that we didn't hang on to him, obviously right. he was figuring some stuff out where his best fit was. Um, People losing their mind about Charbonnet. Yes, he did have what like three touchdowns over 100 yards. But you mentioned it was on six carries. He wasn't the starter. He's not the feature back. He's not getting you know 20 carries and, and three touchdowns. He he shined on a couple carries. He did. It's one game. It's Hawaii. Um, and, and people people who have a gripe with that um, probably don't look at the depth chart for Michigan and understand how powerful Michigan's running back room is. Um, Maybe not everybody, but it's, it's something where Michigan truly has an an embarrassment of riches at that position. Mm -hmm. And Charbonnet can have a really, really good season at UCLA and Michigan can have a really, really good season with the running backs in their room. Both can be true and it's okay. That's like it's it's okay. I'm very I'm very confident in the group Michigan has moving forward. And, and I don't think at, at the end of the day, a guy like Charbonnet, even with the talent, doesn't necessarily make the room better. He just takes carries away from one of the other three guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, you know, people like to have their infinity gauntlet of former four star top 100 recruits. So but again, if he's here still, then someone else isn't getting carries and and he's yeah. not getting a carry. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can play this game all night. At the end of the day, I think this is one of those transfers that will kind of just work out for both sides. The other one that is kind of fascinating here, 
I can't say it's too unexpected as Joe Milton is the starting quarterback, at least for now, at Tennessee. And people are kind of going nuts over that. Now, Tennessee is a program that Michigan well, South. You know, Michigan a lot of people will say Michigan and Tennessee are like the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. I think Tennessee's probably more in line with what Nebraska has been. So like I'm That's not fair. Yeah. I hope that Joe Milton does well there. I hope he does. I hope they find a role for him. I always felt like playing for, how do you pronounce his name? Josh Hupel, Hypel, whatever it is. Um, I thought he'd be a good, you know, I, I thought a place like UCF would be a good transfer spot for him. And then mm. UCF's coach goes to Tennessee and it kind of, that prophesizes itself. Anyway. Joe Milton with Gus Malzahn would have been sick this year mm. though. It would have been, uh, that wouldn't have done nothing to slow down the next Cam Newton type <laughs> yeah. of hype in comparison. So, like I said, I hope he does well, but uh, his history at Michigan and Tennessee's history of a program of being what they are, I, I guess I'm not really ready to let, let's see, let's see how they play this year. The announcement doesn't do a whole lot for me in terms yeah. of moving the needle and, and having a strong take about it. So, yeah, the, the I, only, there's another one where I like Michigan's quarterback situation. Yeah. just fine. The only move that you could argue is one that makes me a little upset is Zach Carpenter going to Indiana. Zach Carpenter was a guy who was in line to get significant time this year. That's Mm -hmm. a very puzzling transfer where he was probably going to be the guy over Andrew Vistardis at center. Mm -hmm. You're talking about best starting five. I think he has a really, really good shot of being that you look at all these other positions. Um, you know, Michigan was was fine despite Joe Milton going elsewhere with with Charbonnet being elsewhere, everything like that. Like Michigan's fine at those positions. Michigan's probably fine at center because you have Zach Zinter, who's a solid guy to back up if a starts if that doesn't work. But the upgrade you could see would be there for Carpenter. And going to a spot like Indiana, I think hurts a little bit more where it's like you're still in the Midwest, still in the Big Ten, in, in the same division. So yeah, that's one where people have a realistic gripe, but not for the other ones. Yeah, no, I'm I just, totally, I, I, I didn't even think, like, I know, he, I knew he was out and I knew he transferred, but like, it just kind of dawned on me, oh my God, he's at Indiana. Like, that's, that could, that's where, if you're in a must win game at the end of the year against Indiana and you need to get a stop on defense and you get pushed over by Zach Carpenter, that I know, yeah. I know the sexy, the 50 yard touchdowns from guys like Martin and Charbonnet and Milton, like that's going to be what sets Twitter a buzz. But, you know, if we go back and watch the film and Zach Carpenter is, you know, washing Mozzie Smith out of run plays and things like that, that's going to be something that is, that will piss a lot more people that, that should piss people off. Right. So that's the one we should be talking about, but Twitter is like that. And social media is like that. We like to to, to do that type of thing. But other than that, I think that's pretty much the week in Wolverines so far. Yeah. I just want to see Blake Corum run through someone. Dude's looking like a mini Doug Martin, the old muscle hamster there. <laughs> I'm ready. He's going to run through someone on Saturday. So hope you guys enjoyed the stream, Anthony. I'll let you know where, or I'll let you let them know where they can find you on social media and all the things we got going on this week. Yeah, a lot going on, at least in the podcast. I mean, it's going on all over the site, but podcast space, uh, Stephen can push the stuff he has coming. I was about to do it for mm-hmm. him, but let him have that. Um, we'll be doing a getting to know you thing with uh, the play-by-play voice of Western Michigan football. Robin Hook will join, I believe, Trevor for a quick little podcast on Wednesday. The schedule will remain the same. Otherwise, you'll get your recruiting podcast. You'll get uh, Jared and Andy on Thursday. Pick'em podcast on Friday. 
that will be fun. Still working on getting a rotation of people in the mix for that, but your little gambling podcast will be coming on Friday. Uh, there'll be a Big Ten Power Rankings podcast, and then a lot of other great stuff on the site. I mean, the staff has done has been doing tremendous work. I'm very happy with how the content plan has come together, and I'm ready. I'm so I'm so ready for football. So uh, we'll see if I don't know. It's going to be kind of week to week for me on here on this particular show, but. Given that next week will be a big game, I'm leaning towards I'll probably be here, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see a lot of kind of there's a lot of, a lot of balls up in the air right now. So, but other than that, uh, well, excited for all of it. Yeah, you can bring up uh, Logan Evans here. Uh, Logan Evans, big thanks to him for uh, being a member. Him and Dylan Girk been on the uh, chat here as members, and people want to know how to become a member. Anthony, well. Yeah, I can answer that one. Steven, so let's if, move to Steven, yeah. if you see the join button, um, if you uh, scroll down towards the description next to the subscribe button, which you should also do if you enjoy the channel, um, join button will give you some options for different types of memberships. Um, Lewis Blake, it is not free, but if you like the content, it is much supported. You can have early access at one tier where um, for this upcoming season's hype video, I'll be releasing that at least a day um, before it's released to the public. Um, that's That goes for all videos I post. It's uh, to members only of that tier. There's an exclusive live stream where I answer questions in a monthly live stream or a, uh, or a badge level uh, tier as well where you get exclusive badges um, showing your support. So um, appreciate Logan Evans for being in the chat and Dylan Gert. Shout out to all members of the channel. Um, like I said, working hard on finishing up this hype video. I'm excited about how this one's coming together. And then heading into this season, um, got a lot planned for game day. I'll be up north actually watching this one. Um, so I'll, I'll wait until um, the following weeks to announce that. But uh, throughout the season, doing a ton of analysis, as I always have, and that's going to be on the channel, multiple videos per week um, going through uh, what went right, what went wrong, and that'll be uh, – heavily featured as always. And uh, some of my favorite content to produce that stuff's fun, man. Finding out all the answers to any frustrations and any happiness that comes from the season. I'm i uh, I'm in the thick of it. So that's a, uh, I'm ready to get into it, man. Absolutely. And if you decide to not become a member, click that subscribe button. That is free. Make sure to hit the bell as well. Then you get notified of the new videos that are dropping. Steven obviously has a lot of those uh, going on this week. Uh, For those of you not in the live chat as we're doing the show, listening to the traditional podcast, you can find Steven on Twitter at Steven Toski. You can find myself at Luke Gierdi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Please subscribe, leave reviews. Uh, We love to get your feedback big thank you to everyone uh if you're listening on the pod we do the live show every monday night 7 30 uh, as we welcome on the newest member of brewcast here uh steven ossentoski uh steven awesome first show man it's great to have you aboard uh, and i'm looking forward to the to the future here as we keep rolling with brewcast big thanks to everyone in the live chat big thanks if you're listening on the pod that's going to wrap it up for us here as we preview game week. Can't wait to talk next week and take a look back at how Michigan fared against Western Michigan. For Anthony Broom and Steven Asatoski, I am Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.